Okay, uh, right now on the line joining us from sunny Barbados, we have got uh, the West Indies Test captain, Jason Holder. Jason, how are you? Hi guys, um, nice to be here. I'm great, man. Just enjoying the weather, as you said, and you know, hoping to start back playing some cricket sometime soon. <laughs> I hear that, um, obviously you're in lockdown over there as well, but um, restrictions are being lifted, the curfew is coming to an end, did I read that in the paper? Um, yeah, we've slowly but surely reopened the country. We're right now at phase three, final phase, phase four, supposedly um, to commence on Monday. It hasn't really been business as usual. Most businesses have reopened with obviously some restrictions, but uh, yeah, we've gotten back our freedom. My daughter wants, know, my daughter wants to know if Chefette is open. Yes, your fat is open, but just no dining. You know, just the drive-through or um, curbside pickup. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Chefette is the Bajan equivalent of uh, McDonald's um, and very good better, stuff. It's much it better. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Well, we got clearance from the government only as recent as Monday, so we started training in small groups from Monday, and yeah, it's just been very, very, very dialed down. Um, practically um, at the Oval behind closed doors with, with no one to obviously bother us. But, yeah, we go in small groups of three, four maximum, and everybody's really assigned to, each individual is assigned to an uh, individual coach. So, yeah, we try to just keep our distance and, you know, get what we need to get done um, down at the Oval. Looks like the wheels are in motion now for um, potentially the West Indies coming to England this summer. I think I've read in the newspaper here that July is sort of what they're trying to work towards. What's the mood amongst the players at the moment towards uh, coming to England? Look, everybody would obviously have concerns, you know, due to the circumstances that we're all faced with. Well, we've asked um, a few questions and, you know, we've gotten answers. And it's just a matter for, for the ECB and Cricket West Indies to come together to make sure the environment is safe. I think safety must be the first um, protocol and, you know, we've, we've got to be assured our safety. And I think once we can feel comfortable um, that the environment that we're going to be open to is, is safe, you know, then it becomes a lot easier to make a decision whether you want to go or, or, or stay. Is there any timetable towards a decision being made? I'm not sure. I think the ECB are still in contact with their government as to get him to go ahead. Yeah, so we're just on our end sitting back and, and waiting and, as you say, preparing in case it actually does come off and, and the guys do commit to going. I think there will be reservations all around, but you know, at the end of the day, I think once we could be assured of a safe environment, then it may ease the minds of most players. Um, I can't sit here now and say, yes, most of the guys are willing, or, or some of them are not, but uh, I'm more sure that if what's presented in front of us is safe, you know, I, I think it will ease the minds of the players and may, may force them, or, or not force them, but may lead them you know, into making uh, a decision to play. I think the feeling over here um, is that there's a big momentum going towards getting all of cricket back in action in, in the UK. And particularly even down to club level, nets have started opening up and I think there really does seem to be uh, a lot of noise in the press and um, whether it's leaks coming from various organisations about how cricket's going to resume here. Um, so I think we're hoping and it looks like international cricket is top of the agenda. Um, and you guys seem to be the ones that everyone here is talking about, so it's looking hopeful from our point of view. Yeah, well, again, you know, I think the ECB is, has done a tremendous job in trying to get government clearance. <laughs> again, it, it would only be granted if they can guarantee the, uh, a safe environment for, for not only the players but everyone involved. Obviously, we all miss sport, you know. Uh, yeah. It's been strange to see, even I watch a bit of the golf on TV, and it's been strange to see it. 
with no fans and you're just, just having a spectacle on TV you now seems very strange. Yeah, you've seen the German Bundesliga restart and you know, yeah. other organizations are, are looking to, to get to go ahead as well. So, I mean, as much as we we do understand the circumstances, you know, everyone is really eager to see uh, professional sport back on television. So, I mean, if, if it can go ahead in a safe manner, then, you know, I guess I'm off. Yeah, it could be a challenge for some, you know, I think particularly a few people really rely on the crowd atmosphere and, and crowd getting behind the players, and that gives them that, that added energy. <laughs> but again, we're still professional athletes, you know, I mean, we've just got to make that adjustment if that's the case. I mean, I, I don't foresee it being this way forever, but certainly in the in the not-too-distant future, it will be the new norm. So, I mean, we've just got to find ways to, to cope and, and, and motivate and, and energise ourselves. Well, just energise ourselves, really. <laughs> <laughs> you are the youngest ever captain of the West Indies. That's a massive honour. Um, you enjoying it? Yeah, leadership has been a learning curve for me. You know, I mean, particularly more so the off-the-field stuff than the on-the-field um, participation. I've had, you know, some up and down, some ups and downs, as, as any, anybody would. But for me, it's, it's, it's built my personality and my character up in a way where... You know, sometimes I kind of feel invincible based on the, the trials and tribulations I've been through. But, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it, man. Um, I wouldn't trade it um, for anything else. I enjoy leading the West Indies, even although we haven't had, you know, uh, outstanding results. But I think it has shown me a lot, you know, not only about other players, but myself. And, you know, I thoroughly enjoy leading. Are there, are there leaders that you look to try and emulate, or are you, are you trying to cultivate your own style of leadership? I just cultivate my own style, to be honest. Um, you know, you, I, don't, I don't really look at cricket leaders uh, per se. You know, I would just look at leaders in general, and I think there are always common factors in, in leadership. And, and I, I tend not to want to pigeonhole myself inside of the cricket bubble. You know, I try to look outside of that and, and see leaders in general, and just try to grasp one or two things from them and, and, and put it into my own little package. You know, I don't think there's one distinct way of leading. You know, I guess everybody has their own leadership style and they just try to push towards that common goal. And most, more often than not, it's always winning. You know, winning championships, winning trophies, winning series, um, and just winning in general. No, there's no other pressure on me, to be honest. Um, I don't hear it. I've understood that that time is gone. You know, those guys have done an outstanding job, not only for themselves, but for West Indies cricket. And credit would always go to them. Uh, but at the end of the day, we can't bring back that team and we've just got to understand that cricket has changed cricket has changed so much um, back then till now and you know we've got to find new and creative ways to keep up with the times and that's just our goal you know that's just our focus uh, I try not to dwell on the peripherals and for me hearing that is a peripheral and extra noise so I just try to push it out and I move forward. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, and speaking of change and how the game's progressed, the CPL is growing uh, in, in the West Indies. How do you see that? As, does that have a, an effect on finding the next test cricketers, or do you think it's a separate thing and people can adjust to the, to the format? <clears throat> it's an interesting topic. Um, I think particularly if you compare it to the IPL, for instance, I think IPL has done a lot for Indian cricket in general. And maybe the format itself hasn't helped them in terms of the longer format, but it has given them the, the exposure. You know, they've had arguably the best cricketers come into India for, over the last decade, you know, to play in a, a very, very big tournament, if not the biggest domestic league in the world. Yeah, it is. So I think that's really given them, you know, the, the, or given their players the exposure to international cricket. 
And then obviously they've been able to build finances around that, which have definitely helped rebuild the structure of Indian cricket and, and put it in a place where they can see growth and development. And I think likewise, most other territories around the world would like to emulate that, have something similar. Uh, maybe it may not go to that magnitude, but if you can get it to a stage where it brings in that revenue that you could basically um, invest in development, then uh, to me it, it puts you in good stead for the future. I don't think it's a money situation for all. To me, I just think the standard of first to start first class cricket or list day cricket just needs to improve. But you know, due to the limited resources we've got in financing, you know, we haven't been able to put certain things in place. Um, you know, having said that, I just think what we've got, we've got to find some way to make work. But um, I think we struggle in, in, in more than one department in trying to bring it all together. And it's not a situation where I think we're, we're, I'm looking at excuses, but you know, for me, I just look at it or analyze it from a realistic point of view. If you look, for instance, at like the ECB, you know, they've got a lot more cash than we do, and you know, you could look at their development programs from age group cricket right up to senior cricket, and you know, there's strategic things in place for that. You know, they've got academies, they've got the counties that have the adequate facilities you would need in order to develop and harness talent. And I just think their whole system is, is a lot more feasible and, and efficient you know, than, for instance, ours in the, in the Caribbean. Um, but it's two different, completely, two different entities completely, sorry. And I guess it's hard for us to, to be both similar or on the same page, but I don't think they should be too far off. Um, but, you know, money, money goes a long way in, in having that, that structure. Now, T20 cricket was invented in England, uh, and you had a run out with North Hans last year. How did you find that? Oh, I enjoyed it, man. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I was looking forward to probably having an opportunity this year again. But due to the scheduling and what's not, and even now with the situation yeah, of COVID, you know, difficult. no cricket has been able to play. But um, I see myself as a loyal customer, man, and I would love to definitely go back to North Hans. I, I hold it, you know, very, very deep into my heart, and it's a place where I felt welcome. You know, I must give all, always give credit to David Ripley, um, Alex Wakeley, who was the captain at the time, and even Adam Rossington. You know, these are guys that I really thank for the opportunity. And for me, I enjoyed county cricket, you know, and definitely I'll be back. Our North Hans fans that are listening, will, that's music to their ears, I'm sure. Now, just before <laughs> you go, um, I've been doing my research, and uh, listeners might not know that um, the 98 Not Out studio is based in Brentwood in Essex. And a few years ago, there was a young man turned out for Brentwood Cricket Club, a very young guy, very unassuming, very humble, very tall. <laughs> Who was that, Jason? Um, I'm not sure, you know. He maybe should give it to <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, What was it like at Brentwood? It was, it was a good, good experience, to be honest. And I remember that summer he came over. I was actually on holiday, but... I'm actually really close to a guy who's affiliated with a club called Graham, Graham um, Walker. Oh, yeah. And Graham, Graham always... Smile Yeah, travel. Graham was... Yeah, that's him. <laughs> and, yeah, Graham and I have come a very, very long way. To me, he's done a lot for the development of youth cricket in Barbados. Yeah, the Wanderers, uh, and, is it? Yeah, that's my club as well, too. So, <laughs> right. you know, Graham was a part of our club. And I went over there on holiday one year, and it was the summer, I remember, England played South Africa. And I think Hashim Amna got a triple century. Um, that summer and I was at the Oval watching that test match and you know I was over there and Graham asked me to come up and play play a game for the club but that summer they had quite a bit of rain as well too so every time I would turn up <laughs> there was pretty much rain so I remember starting one game for Brentwood 
uh, I don't think I ever finished it, but you know, I still, I still actually turned up for the club, and it was, it was a great, a great experience. I actually went back there. I think the last tour we were, we were over there because um, we had a warm up game in Essex the, right. in 2017, and I went back to to Brentwood Club with with Graham. You know, and it was it was fond memories, man. I think I think they'd still stuck up a photo of me in the, in the clubhouse as well. Too, so <laughs> it, it was good to to go back there and feel a, a sense of home. Fantastic, fantastic.